goat boy, chill out before you burn yourself. Welcome to another episode of Kill James Bond. I am Alice Caldwell Kelly. Joining me, as always, are Abigail Thorne and Devon. And we're joined by returning champion Shannon Strucci. How's it going? I'm so excited to be back. You got us to you got us to see the Castle of Cagliostro. Uh, another another Lupin movie. A much um, better one, I think. <laughs> Not to just shit on the first, but I think like objectively, this is like uh, Hayao Miyazaki's first. Feature film, right? That's uh, right. Like 1979. I guess. I guess we can just get straight into it. If you're if you're not familiar with uh, the character of the of the franchise of Lupin the Third, go back and listen to our previous episode where uh, Lupin meets Hitler, and you know, just, <laughs> yeah. just get familiar that way. Yeah, I, I was sad that this film didn't feature uh, Adolf Hitler, who's one of my favorite side characters in the Lupin the Third franchise. Right. You're talking about Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Don't worry, listeners, about continuity because the continuity of Lupin the Third is a little bit kind of yeah, you see, it's kind of vague and all over the place. But we have Shannon on because Shannon is one of the world's foremost Lupin the Third scholars mm, from the Institute of Advanced Lupin the Third Studies. Yes, yes, yes. Boston University uh, side program they have. <laughs> and the, the the dub that we we listen to for this is uh, not the original because the original that came out in 1992 was apparently not good. What we got was the manga entertainment dub, which has none other than David Hater as right, baby. as Lupin, which means I can only solid hear snake. him as Solid Snake. I can only hear him as Solid Snake. <laughs> So I, I will be referring to him as Solid Snake the whole time. Well, we did watch the dubs rather than the subs because, listeners, as you know, this is a podcast that refuses to go entirely Japanese. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And also because we have to do drops. And if I just do the drops in Japanese, then they're not very satisfying unless you speak Japanese. But, uh, so, so Solid Snake, we begin with uh, him and his friend Jigen robbing the a boys. casino in Monte Carlo. Yeah, the boys lads. on tour. The lads, the fellas. Um, and... Let me tell you, this is like whip crack fast in terms of what it sets out in the opening. It is they rob the casino in two shots. Uh, <laughs> the casino is robbed when the movie starts. Mm-hmm. They're just leaving. Yeah. Like they escape in a shitty little yellow car. Yes, the silly little, the the silly little Fiat Five Hundred. Mm. Uh, everybody's like, anytime anyone's in it, their knees are pressed right up against their chest because it's so small. It's perfect. Um, and, and they've we- sabotaged all the henchmen's cars. Yeah, we see what kind of thief Lupin is because he has uh, fixed it so that when the henchmen try to chase them, all of the wheels come off of their cars and he's left a note for them to them. love little notes. That must have taken forever to go <laughs> car by car and set up. But we see later he has like a full on calling card and he really like, you know, invests a lot in his graphic design and his like penmanship <laughs> and stuff. Um,. But so they they rob this casino and then they realize that the proceeds are goat bills, uh, which are a form of fake currency. They're counterfeit cash. That's right. They're they're counterfeit so good that they've fooled the government, and for that reason, they're worthless. And they decide to dump it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like I feel like if the government accepts it, that's real money, baby. Yeah, that's money. Yeah. That's legal tender. Yeah. <laughs> but also, also, Lupin's like, we should go and source of these fake bills, and then we'll be rich. And I'm like, 
But do you? But then all you're gonna get is more fake bills, man. <laughs> but they, they, like, they, what? They... <laughs> what are you doing, dog? You don't. You don't spend the fake bills. You manufacture and sell them. You can't get high on your own supply. That's true. So we get some beautiful opening titles, like really visually arresting. But then uh, Jigen and Lupin have to infiltrate the micronation of Cagliostro. Um, yeah, it's San Marino. It's San Marino by way of Luxembourg in that it's got a Grand Duke, it's got like 3,000 people in it. Um, oh, also, when we say the opening titles are beautiful, um, listeners, this film, uh, I think, as we mentioned, was Hayao Miyazaki's uh, first cinematic release. Hayao Miyazaki's the guy behind Studio Ghibli, if you if you know them. So that's, that's why right, this baby. film looks really, really beautiful. That's kind of one of the only things it has going for it. Oh, Which it's we'll get into. Gorgeous. Yeah, there's a lot of Ghibli DNA in it. Um, namely, yeah, you can see all of the influences that it's had and the problems. Yes. 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 Um, so, so in disguise, they infiltrate Cagliostro. Jigen is uh, dressed as pod- as podcaster Justin Rosniak at the border. <laughs> um, but uh, so they they infiltrate the country and they just go for a nice drive in the countryside and we get this beautiful shot of them in the shitty little Fiat with the ashtray overflowing. The entire back of the car is filled with cup noodles and tinned fish, and it's just it's it's really nice. These are all of the strongest parts of the movie. Yeah, it's it's all the all the little things that really sell. But not only are, are these two great friends, but they've been doing this for ages and ages because there's so many tiny things like the entire way through the opening titles it's like little vignettes of them like camping or like making food and then when the car breaks down they both wordlessly and immediately start playing rock paper scissors to decide who is going to fix the car (laughs) and it's so like it's so well done because obviously you have you have to introduce the the audience to these characters as quickly as possible and it's really good at doing that. <laughs> so really they can it. then spend the rest of the film like fucking around. This is the thing with Studio Ghibli movies is they all they all like they all start really really strongly, but then because they're about the visuals rather than the story, they fade out. So it's always just like a warrior goes to a mining town on the edge of an enchanted wood where spirits of this. <laughs> yes, Spirited Away in yeah. particular is, is a movie. Yeah, <laughs> that I a really young enjoy girl gets seeing. Transported to a magical world of spirits where she has to. <laughs> guy shows up he gets really big and then they wash him and then he's their friend again and <laughs> they gotta watch the guy they gotta watch the guy a young girl becomes the housekeeper to a wizard in a moving castle that says uh, uh, don't worry about it yeah um, so- i wanted to say too at the in the intro i saw this i've seen this been watching this movie uh like since i was a teenager probably since i was like 14 was the first time i saw it when they're driving at the beginning with all the counterfeit money in the car, if you look closely, Goemon is just in the back seat covered in money. You can see just like a little bit of the back of his head. You see that? Yeah. Like you can't notice. It's really hard to notice, but he's just like covered in money. And you can see the back. Like there are like, so many little details like that in this movie. It's so funny. The first time I saw that, I was like, oh my God, they just buried him and left. Because <laughs> one, of, one of the cars, when they escape uh, Monaco, it just like falls perfectly in half. And I was like, well, that's a, Goemon thing, but I don't see the guy at all. We should, <laughs> we no, should, we should introduce, we should reintroduce uh, Lupin's boys here. Uh, yeah. he, he has two main guys. Uh, Jigen, whose vibe is, how do we describe Jigen's vibe, other than being very good at shooting things? He's gay. Mm. Uh, James Coburn and the Magnificent Seven? Yeah, Surly. His character is based on. He's like hats reel down, he's like always smoking right up to the filter. 
Uh, His reputation as a misogynist is legendary. That's right, yes. <laughs> as, as one of the dub lines has it. <laughs> and uh, bachelor, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and Goemon is, well, a samurai who's just around, just along for the ride. Anyway. Yeah, he has uh, a sword that can cut through anything. Yeah. And as we remember from the film Lupin the Third, the first, uh, his Zentaskin is a Rio Seiken, that memorable phrase that we oh, all yes, know what I it means. This. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was so happy this movie had a good dub that I was like, I like this dub. The dub of the first, I was like, okay, we can watch that, I guess, if we need to. <laughs> so so six minutes and 12 seconds in, and the movie has to do the thing, because we're starting out strong. The thing of every Lupin movie, which is the silly little car goes fast piano music thing. Yes! Uh, because yeah! we, we see uh, a, a woman in a, in a wedding dress drive past in a Citroen 2CV being pursued by goons. Oh, perfect uh, goon car. Yeah. Wow. We set off into a, a great chase scene uh, where they try to shoot out the tires and, and that doesn't work and they end up like driving up the side of a cliff. It's fantastic. It's just beautiful as well. It's just, it's so charmingly animated the way the car like jumps around. Yeah. It's, yeah. And so uh, Lupin rescues this woman in the, in, in the bridal dress. However, in the course of this, they both go over a cliff together, and we we meet Clarice, who is not a character. Clarice, yeah, um, just sort of present. It's, it's gonna, a shame. All she does in this movie is this noise <laughs> for, for yeah. like an yeah. hour. There yeah. is there is yeah. a decent proportion of this movie that is just. <laughs> And I hate, I hate that convention of like girl noises, right? I hate it wherever it comes from. It was in fucking On Her Majesty's Secret Service too, That's right. where it's like, oh, you can't even be fucked to give this woman fucking dialogue. Instead, you just like, oh, just just make some girl noise. She does have a serious case of anime girl voice, and I'm I'm emailing Clarice being like, yo, do you have any tips on voice training? Because (laughs) all of her lines are just like, I'm in the count, I'm passing the lecture trying to escape from the castle, and I'm like, what? No, no, no. That, you were like, you're like what I'm like. Every time she's on screen and talking, I'm just like, shut up. Oh, come on, really. If you look up like the history of Moe, Clarice mm. is kind of the reason, one of the oh. reasons. Unfortunately, oh, the there's a nasty history lesson. Uh, like this, one of the like sort of progenitors or whatever of uh, Moe culture, uh. and uh, Clarice and Lupin Dogens were pretty popular. She's 14. Oh, oh no! no. I I th- she's definitely under in the in the original version. He calls the count a lolicon. Like she's definitely underage. Like oh, yeah, uh, no. I did not realize that. I was like, oh, I guess this. She's like twenties. Like they might have changed it for the dub a little bit. She's definitely like a girl. Oh yeah, no, she's intended she's to be like underage. Mm. So, uh, womp, womp, yeah. so. <laughs> again, every time behind the paywall, we do pedophilia. <laughs> We're not <laughs> even behind the paywall. <laughs> We're just observing pedophilia. Yes, we are. No, it's the no, fucking we're not. Bank of forgiveness. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the shit goes out. <laughs> fuck. Hang on, wait. Let's see if I have. I feel like I even have the the pedophilia drop. Give me one second, yeah. <laughs> you know why it is that whenever we're behind the paywall, we always do accidental pedophilia. This <laughs> <laughs> is of course from, from Alex Ryder Stormbreaker. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so Lupin gets knocked unconscious, um, and in the course of this. Clarice, like, 
mops his brow with a, a handkerchief and smuggles her wedding ring, her engagement ring, I guess, uh, into this and leaves it with him. And he instantly makes the signal on it. It's like a heraldic ram. Um, but he, he kind of like gives out that he does not know what it is. Um, she gets recaptured. Yeah, she gets recaptured. And uh, Lupin and Jigen are left to like pick up the pieces and go and go and find. Uh, well, first they find the Grand Ducal Palace, which is in ruins. One or two notes, yeah. Uh, the first one is mm. phenomenal crank foley when he's lowering himself down. It's just like <laughs> one of the most perfect hand crank noises I've ever heard in my life. The sound design in this is really good. Hand yeah. crank. The the Duchy of Cagliostro is approximately seventy percent lake. Yes, uh, by weight. It's mostly lake, it's and cool. the rest of it is like Alp. Um, it's it's very yes. it's very evocative and like a, a truly incredible castle. Like oh. that's that's Ghibli, baby. It's a castle that's fucked up. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we, we see because this is a this is what fiction is. It's about castles that are fucked up. And that we was see- the original uh, English title. Was the castle that's fucked up? <laughs> castle in the sky, moving castle. Castle is fucked up. Castle doctrine. We, it's perfect. We we see two castles that are fucked up in quick succession. We see the burned out Grand Duke's castle, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the, the Duke and the Duchess died in a fire uh, years ago, leaving only their daughter behind, who went off to a, a, a convent. And you know, this is not foreshadowing at all. And then immediately over the next, like cresting a hill, like fucking two right. forts, is the second more fucked up <laughs> castle. The castle of Cagliostro. Yeah, why'd you put them next to each other, man? <laughs> it's <laughs> not a huge <laughs> country. It's a tiny country, yeah. yeah, yeah. Little baby gone. country. I love that guy, the the exposition man, walking by with a ladder for no reason. Yeah, he yeah. was. watch this movie, he's like, hello, let me explain our history to you pretty as much- I make my rounds as an NPC <laughs> yeah, yeah. here. Pretty much every <laughs> character in this is exposition guy at one point or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so yeah. They, they, they find this old guy who's groundskeeper in the Burned Down Palace, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, I've seen a movie before, this is quite clearly yeah, this like is the, the Skyfall Duke. guy. This is the Duke, he's not really dead, like he's her father and it's gonna be, and then, and then the end of the movie is like, Nope. nope. No, that guy actually just was the groundkeeper. Yeah, he's just stood he's outside the burned out. down castle with like an exclamation point over his head. And <laughs> Lupin goes Hello, and gets traveler. <laughs> At one point, Jigen's like, The Grand Duke died, right? He's your king. So who runs this place? And he just goes, There's a regent. And then leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, Don't worry Sorry about it. Um, There's a regent. He's 20 foot that way. Go see him. <laughs> <laughs> so Castle Cagliostro is like, Neuschwanstein, but in a lake and with an aqueduct on either oh, side. That's really it. good. It's got the. It's a real fairy tale castle. It's got the very pointy roofs and everything. And Lupin tried to break in ten years ago and got owned. Apparently. Yes, yeah, but he's he's yeah, still Rick. lying. He's still like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And what happens at this point, I do appreciate, is Jigen just puts him in arm jail. He just Jigen, like <laughs> Jigen checks in with his homies and he checks in through the expedient of sitting down next to him and then putting him in a headlock. And going, what's wrong, bud? Come on. You are, you are lying to me. Stop lying to me. We are friends. Explain what explain. He checks what in on his blokes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so Lupin explains that he tried to rob the place ten years earlier. Yeah. He got, he, he got his shit, yeah. He got, he got his shit kicked in. He, actually, we see this later. He got Jason Bourned. Like, he, did. He, he got shot in the back a couple of times and then fell into a body of water. Like, weird arrows. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He got Jason Bourne. Um, he got Jason Bourne. That's so, the best of us. At this, point, at this point, they go to get a room, 
they get to uh, the inn where Lupin immediately perves on the waitress while she's doing exposition. She's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I bet you're here for the wedding between uh, Clarice and the Count of Cagliostro, who's a notorious playboy. And Lupin goes, The Count's got a reputation as a playboy. <laughs> playboy? Just like me! Now, how about a smooch, huh? Ah, you! At least she's into it? I, it's I, she looks 17. Yeah, yeah, but she seems see how, Where are you getting this? It's, it's not good. <laughs> it's truly not good. Like, compared to most Lupin stuff where he is just like a psycho like rapist. Yeah. It's, mm. like, it's Miyazaki's version. And he can only tone it down so much, I guess. That's the thing. It's it's weird because I'm not... The like, studio's going to complain if he's not at least a bit noncy. You have to have something <laughs> in It's that. tradition. I mean, here's the thing, right? Their vibe on Lupin, I don't think they really figured out quite what it was. Because in a lot of ways, it's more PG than any other Lupin thing. It's yes. He's much more chivalrous, he's much more altruistic, he barely steals anything. Fujiko's breasts are like the size of breasts. Yeah, they've nerfed Fujiko, it's bullshit. <laughs> Rather than like her head. Not watermelons. But, yeah. um, yeah, but he's still, you know, still a bit like this. Anyway, so... Well, we also see that the Count is, uh, is a bad guy. He's holding, uh, Clarice prisoner. Uh, he realizes that her ring is gone. The way that he's introduced is it's so fucking good. Sick nasty, he, I'm sorry. Villain he, shit. He, gets, he gets out of his auto-gyro, and at one point, Jigen literally goes, Ghibli. Yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't know anyone still flew auto-gyros. And it's like, yeah, no, this guy does. That's his vibe. Welcome to um, Japan, Dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's another bit of Ghibli DNA, is a funny little flying vehicle. So it's good it's to true. see that that's near, too. He's a funny little boat, too. But uh, So he's, he's getting out, and he's being briefed by his evil butler, and he's also being undressed <sighs> by know. him. And at no point during this does he stop walking. He's just he, he like, slightly above walking pace as well. It's so rude. He, to get, he, get his, he gets his trousers taken off him, and he doesn't break stride doing this. It's incredible. But so I guess we should talk about the Count too. The Count's vibe yes. is sort of smug.jpg. Like. <laughs> That's- he he spends approximately like ninety percent of his screen time just walking menacingly, a slightly above an average walking pace to various <laughs> locations in the castle. Yes, yeah. Also, and- his plan makes no he's fucking got no- sense. <laughs> it's just he's an evil European, so he needs to do incest. That's yeah. true. And get rich. That's, true. that's the whole. That's the plot of the movie. He's that's just incest count. Well. He- while he's on his way to go visit um, Clarice, he passes by a single other female character, which at this point, if, if you're familiar with this, you'll go, that's Fujiko. That's Fujiko Mine. <laughs> Fujiko in disguise. Yes. This is a librarian. They've mm-hmm. held on this character for slightly too long. <laughs> woman detected. Oh, I think I have a drop for this. Hold on. A woman? A woman? <laughs> Why do we both have soundboards? We both pulled the same. <laughs> 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 a woman. So we we have our first conversation, which is entirely based on evil laughter versus woman noise, uh, <laughs> where we we come to understand that the, the the plot that's happening here is that she is being married to Count Cagliostro against her will in order mm-hmm. to like uh, unite the two houses of Cagliostro and retrieve a great treasure. Right. Which I mean, okay. So also, he needs her ring yes. for some reason, but doesn't. 
I'm like, you could have got that. Why do you need to marry her to get the ring? Is my first question. Secondly, uh, what is the treasure? Thirdly, aren't you the head of state and also like have an infinite supply of fake money because you print? Was like, what treasure do you need? Like, what? None of it makes sense. I, I wrote down at this point the treasure's going to be some uh, like a, a bullshit metaphor, isn't it? And I was right. Nope. <laughs> um, it's so, just a random thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Fine. So. Yeah, it's unclear what he's going to do when he gets the ring. <laughs> because he could, A, he could just take it off a finger at any point. Um, yeah, like I said, he's an evil European. He, has, he wants to do incest. That's true, that's like, he's true. Just, like, there's some, like, something like fundamentally like disgusting and evil about the character. But he doesn't yeah. even do his that. entire character. Say there's something <laughs> fundamentally disgusting and evil about Europeans. <laughs> that's and I right. don't disagree. And you're right to say it. Um, <laughs> in anime, there is. There's that's a, right. Uh, so, so we've detected you're listening to a free bonus episode for the Banquet of Forgiveness on Kill James Bond. Now, this might be good for now, but next month, these are going to go back to being paid only. So if you want to keep listening to bonus episodes, you're going to have to head on down to Kill James Bond Patreon, patreon.com slash killjamesbond, and sign up now for like £5 a month. It's a pretty good deal, Soap. Fucking kiss me, you little beautiful boy. <laughs> so Lupin and Jigen have gone to bed, and at this point, their room is infiltrated by ninja. Sort yeah, of. European ninja. European, yeah, ninja brackets Italian. Um, Lupin's wh- making, I guess, explosives in the hotel room. He is, He's got yeah. his little like beakers out, so his little glasses. And so they they fight them, and but they're wearing armor. The the ninja are. And so they are unable to like be be shot or be beaten. But so far, the vibe here is still like romp, right? Like, oh yeah, there's when... no like threat, right? No, other than the count himself being like a little rapey. That's when the it. ninja come in, like both of them are like, oh, I thought this was gonna be boring. This is fun. This is a good time now. Um, and they, they they escape. At this point, we have to we have to drag in the other characters. That's right, baby. Someone sends a fucking signal flare up, and the two boys arrive. Uh, yeah. And I hooted and hollered when I saw them. <laughs> boy, boy, boy number one, go on. Yeah. Who is just, he? He is present. Uh, he doesn't like understand why Lupin is like interested in a woman, but he's you know he's he's here anyway. Uh, and also Inspector <sighs> Zenagata, our boy. <sighs> Uh, I, we get to a problem that I have with this movie, which is everybody talks in exposition. And so Lupin, a guy who has been like, this guy's nemesis for most of the, both of their working lives, looks at a guy that he knows very well through a telescope and says to no one, Good old Zenigata, devoted archetypal <laughs> Japanese worker. <laughs> I'm always describing my friends, is the thing. Yeah, I'm yeah absolutely. <laughs> More like ah, there's Alice, transgender podcaster. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, there's Devon. <laughs> <laughs> they got Gundams, you know. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we also we we see that the count is responsible for all the fake money. He's got a printing press in the basement. And he prints the fake money. Which why? Yeah, you the- think you're the head of state, dude. You can like. All the money that you print is fake. That's how currency works, whatever. Just <laughs> infinite money. The shot where Goman and Zenigata arrive is is baffling but fantastic. Um because it's mm. it's like pissing it down with rain. There is a horse drawn like cart arriving. It's like yeah. a covered cart full of barrels. 
and Goemon is sat on the back of it and pass it and like just passing him is a police car. And I see both of these things and I go, <laughs> when I saw Goemon, I hooted like an owl, and when I saw Zenigar, I honked like a goose. Like I was just like, "Let's go, baby! It's the boy." We should we should also talk about Jigen's sort of response, his problem solving thing here, which is upon being confronted with an enemy wearing a like a light suit of armor, he is immediately <laughs> escalated to bringing an anti tank rifle. <laughs> it's which, yeah. where did you get that, man? It's like he does 12 this twice. feet long. He does yeah. this twice during like the the fucking opening car chase. He shoots at a, the tire and it doesn't go out, and then loads a larger bullet in. Now this time he shoots this guy, it doesn't kill him, and he's like, "Get the fucking anti-tank gun." <laughs> was he? Where was he keeping this? In the tiny car? <laughs> he spends the rest of the movie holding this gun, but it's like his height. Yeah, he's he's so pleased with it. Like, he loves he it. He does do like he's on a zip line at one point carrying it. Right, this giant mm-hmm. gun. So we see Zenigata go in and sort of generally uh, make a nuisance of himself in the way that we've come to expect, which is poke around looking for Lupin, uncover a bunch of the countermeasures to Lupin, which are like lasers and shiz. Oh, also, the reason Zenigata is here is because Lupin sent a calling card to the Count saying, Hello, I'm the famous thief Lupin the Third, and I'm going to steal your bread. <laughs> he loves to do it. He does. He does. But this is a cool. tactic on his part. Yeah, he's trying um, he, to summon Zenigata with this. Yeah, he's like setting his enemies against each other. We also see that um, Cagliostro and his his goon, his chief goon, who's just a big German dude. Yes, yes, Gustav, uh, yes. <laughs> Gustav, Gustav does not want Zenigata there. He also is racist towards him. Extremely racist. Poor Zenigata in this movie. He... Gustav literally calls him an Oriental, and then Zenigata says, "Right, you are," and salutes him. It's fucking such and a little piss. That's not pig. even like a dub thing. That that's in the subtitles for the original as well. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so Zenigata's like, "All right, let me let me look around," and uh, Count Cagliostro is like, "No, we've got huge dudes here." And then a huge dude arrives. He shows him around. And then when Gustav leaves, a second huge dude <laughs> arrives. But this guy's on Zenigata's side. And I wrote, all these dudes are so big. I'm like a kid in a candy shop. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big day for big shoulder muscles. It's you know? a big day for dudes. <laughs> Every day in my house, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so um, we see Lupin and Jigen try to infiltrate through the aqueduct. They have to like swim in. That's fine. That's cute. Yeah, uh, and Lupin gets washed away, and he has to get like swept up through a big series of of clockwork cogs. <laughs> I thought it was like a, an allusion to modern times, the Charlie Chaplin movie, but I could be wrong. Um, but he has to like sort of platform his way through all of these. And then he got to just senses that he's there. Yeah, he senses no his presence. It's like yeah. he's like looking. He's eating ramen noodles, and he's like, "Wait!" And he walks <laughs> over and almost catches him. <laughs> he notices he something. The windmill has slowed down, and is like, "What's that windmill do?" And I like it raises water into the castle. <laughs> and he's like, "Where's it go? There's a guy in there. I know for a fact my man is in there." <laughs> he gets pulled Which away. It at the really last shows second. you that my god, hmm. these guys have been doing this for like decades. <laughs> it's really yeah. good. That's that's like one of the things that I like. I like that it shows rather than tells. Is that this is sort of like. Late career, Lupin. He's been at it for a while. Everybody's well, canonically, sick of he's been doing shit. it ten years. Yeah, so he says um, in the film. But so Zanagata gets pulled away by a phone call because Count Cagliostro is trying to use political pressure to pull Interpol off the case. 
he wants Lupin to come to him, bring him the ring back, and then he's going to kill him and take the rings and pull off the marriage. Right? The case here, of course, being nothing. Um, the yes. case being, I have received a piece of paper that says Lupin <laughs> on it. And yeah. the full might of the Japanese police have arrived to deal with this. <laughs> so Lupin disguises himself as Zenigata, a thing that he loves to do. He does, he does. it all the time. <laughs> they don't let Zenigata back into the castle, and he leaves in a half, and then Lupin disguised as Zenigata shows up and goes, Oh, was I just here? That was Lupin. That was Idiots. Lupin! Fantastic. Was he loves this bit. He loves to do it. <laughs> Um, it's his favorite thing in the world. Yeah, there's some cute shots of of uh, Lupin just with the eyelashes too. For mm. some reason, he like takes part of the mask off, but he's got Zenny got his eyelashes. What's really funny <laughs> is that like we get to the one of my favorite phenomena here, which is cops are a compressible fluid. Yes, um, <laughs> they do this so well. <laughs> yeah, and so what what ha- what will happen is you have a staircase and. A, a sort of a fluid of big German dudes will come down it, and a fluid of Japanese cops will come up it, and they will just meet, and it's perfect. Usually, Zenigata is in the middle. I bet. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. There's like dead bodies on the stairs. It's just like a globule of violence halfway up the stairs, <laughs> <laughs> and Lupin's cackling and running. Yeah, perfect. It's ideal. <laughs> um, and then we see the real Zenigata. Gets dropped through a trapdoor that takes a Polaroid of you as you're falling down <laughs> it, which is so good. That's such a flex to be like, oh, you've fallen into my trap, and now I also have a keepsake of the moment when you got owned. Like, Kaliosha just has like a board where he puts all the photos of his <laughs> enemies getting fucking owned. Like, canonically, this has happened dozens, if not hundreds, of times, and he just has those. Like Tiger Tanaka did. Yeah, yeah, great. So, so Lupin then oh, yeah, did. infiltrates. Sorry. He infiltrates the like hermetically sealed tower where Clarice is being kept. Oh, he also finds Fujiko. Yeah, there's there's a bit just just prior where after Zenigata has fallen down, Lupin is like clinging to the roof via Lupin physics, which he does a lot in the next couple of minutes. Um, and like Joe Joto is that the guy's name? This this fuck yeah up. the butler yeah the eagle Joto. motherfucker. Yeah, this this eagle looking ass guy, this eagle situation. He rolls on in, and like he, we see him turn the the head of the statue to sort of deactivate the trap, and then go down after Gustav to be like, "You have been bamboozled, my friend. You have been thrown <laughs> yeah, into." He a gets loop. bamboozled in his turn, <laughs> and Gustav, Gustav he goes down there, and like the violence is sort of like in the the late party era where like most people are sat down there's a bit of violence still happening but not (laughs) really gustav is holding two dudes one on a shoulder and one under his other arm and he's just receiving instruction from (laughs) he's like you fool you've been tricked and he's just holding two guys like yes sir sorry (laughs) and then immediately they also get down the trapdoor uh yeah they get owned it's great um fucking sick so so lupon lupon has to like parkour up and there's a fun scene with like the really like intensely uh, pointed roofs where he's fucking having to like try and slide over these, but he, but he makes his way over into into the tower where Clarice is, and we get a conversation which is both which is undercut on two levels: one by the voice acting, and two by the music. Right, where he's like, "I'm gonna rescue you. I'm a thief. You should like trust in trust in me because I'm gonna get you out." And she she goes like. This is unedited audio. 
You don't know about the terrible secrets of the Cagliostro family. I'll never be able to escape the Count. What? <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, no, it's right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's twee. It's twee. And I mean that. Yeah, it's doing like, because Lupin's like, I'm rescuing a princess from a tower. Like, uh, you know, I'm a thief. You don't have to marry the bad guy. Like This yeah. this is late career Lupin. He's no longer horny. He's just yeah, he's like now. earnestly dashing at, at this point. Volsel, he's Volcel. Good for, yeah. Well, he's Volcel because his, his true love, uh, Fujiko, is, of course, also in the castle and refusing to talk to him. Yes. Um, which is cool. <laughs> I would it's too. I would be done with him at a certain point in my life. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> Ten years of this shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, so he, he does a little magic trick for her. He gives her a rose. Uh, and then he immediately gets confronted by the goons and drop down a second trapdoor. My guy loves trapdoors. The loves count them. turns up and he's like. Uh, well, he explains his plan again, but this never comes back. He's like, I'm sick of serving the Duke's family. I'm going to unite the two houses and get the treasure. And I'm like, none of this ever comes. Yeah, yeah. did what you? What Duke's I, family? I you mean Clarissa? She's right there. That's the only one What do you one mean left. serving? You're a head of state. Like, what? Whatever. The, the method through which he gets to the tower is phenomenal, which is just like an extending corridor that just sort of extends out of the castle over to the tower, which is, again, it's a very, very Ghibli. The, the Count has a lot of bullshit. <laughs> he's got his whole castle, he's had nothing to do for like 20 years, and he's just made his castle. He just wants to kill foreigners and do incest. He's got so many trapdoors to kill yeah, Japanese people. And Vladimir Nabokov has entered the chat. So, so he can't even like go into the garden or he'll get shot by his own lasers. Like, what does he do? <laughs> Crazy laser machines. He flies yeah. his little little arrow thingy. So, so, so Lufon is uh, like rather blasé about this. He's like, it'll be fine, trust me. But he gets dumped down another trapdoor. Because oh, get- the ring that the Count retrieves, it's fake. Lupin still has the real one in his pocket. Yes, uh-huh. because we see during the conversation. <laughs> The, the ring has been switched, and the ring that uh, Clarice is wearing is a radio transmitter that enables Lupin to just, like, taunt the Count a bit, uh, which is great. That's fun. I appreciate that. Got a little chicken head in it when it explodes, a little fuzzy yeah. chicken and, and then after it explodes on his finger, a full second afterwards, the Count is like, this is fake. <laughs> <laughs> he feels the need to say it out loud. <laughs> it's really oh, this movie. There's not a lot of subtext going on in these parts. This is the point at which the movie starts to drag. Yeah, this is the point where the movie starts getting into territory. Yes. So uh, Lupin gets dumped into the same catacombs as Zanagata was earlier. Yes. Um, and uh, wouldn't you know it? They're forced to make an uneasy truce. Um, every time, every, every time, baby. Yeah, don't even acknowledge it that like this is a recurring thing. They're just like, oh man, this is for the first time ever. We're gonna have to make an uneasy <laughs> truce. It seems that once again, circumstances has forced us to make an uneasy truce. And at this point, I've just written kiss in order to in order to save an underage girl. I will say, uh, Cagliostro, more than other Lupin stuff, downplays the homoerotic subtext. Yeah. There's a lot of other, like, 
fortunately, yeah, I, I'm it's here. It's more so. like fam- familial, uh, like Jigen's more brotherly and, and Zenigata's more of his dad, whereas in other stuff, it's just like really gay. Yeah, and the dub, he calls uh, Zenigata yeah. old man a lot. Um, yeah, so at this point- Pops. Yeah, there's pops in the Jinion dub. So, some, some more, some more ninja try to- It's cute, they should kiss. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying Miyazaki mm. probably didn't. Some more ninja try to kill them. Uh, Lupin does a classic hitman move of trying to take the guy's clothes. He does do that. <laughs> yeah, for no it's... reason. Because five seconds later, he just jumps out and locks the the butler in the fucking um, catacombs. Um, I feel like he drowned that dude, right? Oh, he absolutely drowned. Pants some guys. come off, and he. What if the guy is like, I can't swim, as he's being locked <laughs> under a grate in neck high water, and you're On like, oh, okay, that guy's dead, dead. It's fine. Dead he's um, fine. It's off screen. It doesn't count. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So far, that's still what the tone is. If you we'll kill someone this. off screen, it's fine. We'll get They're to They're alive, this. don't worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they, they emerge into the Count's counterfeiting factory. Yeah. And like, then we get like a, a weird bit where Lupin oh, is like, let me oh, talk yeah. about the bit. Yeah. Let me talk about the fucking bit. Because Lupin goes, oh yeah, these are the goat bills. Um, these are- uh, this, is, this is fascinating, yeah. Notorious imitation currency that silently brought about the upheavals of medieval Europe. It caused the collapse of the Bourbon dynasty, provided Napoleon with funding, and eventually triggered the Great Bank Panic of 1927. And? Goat bills were responsible for some of history's most influential and devastating events of the last 400 years. And when he says that last bit, it is over a bit of uh, footage from World War Two. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what? I... It's fine! <laughs> I, mm, yeah, I mean, oh, the thing about? the thing about uh, doing a story about the hidden financial hand that controls all politics uh, and which caused World War II is maybe you don't want to Look, do that. It's yeah. not a Jewish thing. They just... You legally can't do a Lupin thing without mentioning Hitler <laughs> at least once. On the contract. Uh, he's got to be in there. It yeah. can be subtle. Yeah, you're contractually obligated, Hitler. <laughs> Napoleon and Hitler. Napoleon's also in. Yeah, Napoleon is. Also. is. <laughs> yeah, it's just like is the implication that like Hitler used fake currency to pay for rearmament? Like I that. Don't know uh, that's what an the interesting. Is. Like also, how did this cause the bank? There's no implication. The it comes and goes like fucking wind. I wouldn't even worry. Yeah, also, this Everyone's never comes up. It. Everyone's forgotten it by the next sentence. Lupin's just a history nerd, and he's info dumping to Zenigata. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, why? Oh. Like, oh. I don't know. There, there is a cute bit when they, when they do the sort of like uneasy truce thing, where Lupin goes like, "Oh, do you want to shake hands on it?" And Zenigata's like, "Don't push your luck." I really, I really <laughs> like appreciated that. It yeah. looks like he's going to, but then he's like, "No, I'm not humoring no, this." No. Um, okay. So, so Fujiko, having had one conversation with Lupin, where she's figured out what his deal is, immediately activates Fujiko mode, and <laughs> yeah, Fujiko she goes mode, mode. <laughs> consists she's of like the whole camo outfit. <laughs> yeah, she she goes she goes in to to visit in her to visit Clarissa to visit Clarice in her like um, lady in waiting outfit. Unzips that shit to reveal full combat outfit with guns and grenades. <laughs> All camo onesie. Uh, <laughs> she's got grenades. <laughs> <That's fucking sick. laughs> 
She also gives this massive info job about who she is to Clarice. She's just like, Lupin and I have been working together for years. Sometimes as friends, sometimes as enemies, sometimes we're even lovers. And I'm like, cool, great. Uh-huh. You're like, oh yeah. <laughs> this girl's 14 and has PTSD. Could you just like get her out? <laughs> and all she can say is, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah. This girl's like, who the fuck are these people that keep turning up in my house? This is the most bored girl on earth, and then people just keep showing up in her room and being like, my name is Fujiko. I'm a, I know Lupin. He's Here's my bib. deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's my deal. This is what's happening in the movie. She asks, she asks if Lupin like broke up with her, and and Fujiko replies that she left him, which it genuinely appears to be like a huge turning point in Clarissa's like mind. She's like, holy shit. Women, yeah, women, <laughs> women can be powerful, and I'm like, yes. Yeah. Um, and at this point, Lupin hotboxes Castle Cagliostro. He yes. fucking does, yeah. <laughs> like smoke starts coming out of every available pore in this castle, <laughs> and when it has already like reached the fucking upper ionosphere, uh, it cuts to Goemon who goes, "Something's happening." And you're like, "Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> catch up, brother." <laughs> We also see, like, legendarily slow reaction time Count Cagliostro, who, as the smoke is billowing in through his door, is like, holy shit, is that a fire? Oh yeah, he's in bed with, like, 30 servants in his room. He's fully in bed. Like, what's going on in there before we cut in? Like a silk robe. How many people do you need to tuck you in, man? (laughs) So um, that what they're doing is they're burning the printing presses and the counterfeit currency, um, and so they they make their way up to to the tower by virtue of kicking a bunch of guys. Yeah, they um, run up and there's some music and allow me to say, banger. It's fuck. It's, it's phenomenal. Uh, Samba temperato. Uh, the whole is soundtrack the is so song. good. Eugenio's music is awesome. So far, the violence has been. Guy gets kicked in the face. Guy falls out of a thing. Off screen, maybe a guy is drowned. Fujiko escalates <laughs> to murder one. Drop of a hat, she is ready to rock and roll because some guards try to come in the tower and she's like, okay, fine. I'll just fucking crap. Comparative, right? If if Lupon was in the situation, the door opens and a bunch of guys come in, he would simply say the words, oh, now it's getting interesting. Whereas the door opens <laughs> and Fujiko opens fire like a fucking submachine gun. From the hip, like... Different techniques, different different vibes, really. I love, her. I love We Fujiko. see this guy in a butler's uniform just get fucking, like, taken out. <laughs> They're not even, like, the ninjas. They're just dudes. <laughs> imagine, imagine if you work in Castle Cagliostro and you're just kind of getting used to the new vibe, which is, oh, there's going to be some capers. I might get kicked over by a thief, <laughs> right? And then you fucking go into a room and you see your friend get shot in the fucking face in by front of you. a woman you know! <laughs> yeah. She must have known all of those people. She must have been in the fucking break room at Castle yeah. Cagliostro, like she's seeing photos of their kids. It. And she's just like, 
instantly, the second she's fucking Xenia on a top mode at seven Aya control stations. She has she's fucking grenades. <laughs> she she is so much more dangerous than the situation calls for. Like there is a point when they're trying to like break the window because uh Zenigard and Lupin steal the fucking uh the funny little oh, flying gyro. gyro, yeah. And they, they head on up there and they can't like break the glass. It's bulletproof, it's chair proof, question mark. Um and it's like she pulls a grenade standing in front of this fucking windowsill <laughs> and instead of putting it on the windowsill just underarm tosses it a little arc onto it and I'm like that's so fucking dangerous it's a grenade could roll and then afterwards she goes grenade proof figures what <laughs> does it yeah yeah fantastic why so- would it need to be grenade proof what is Clarice packing <laughs> So so we are God, almost sorry. we're on the precipice of rescuing Clarice here. That's right. And in the course of this, as he's about to rescue her, Lupin gets fucking shot in the chest. He gets shot in the back. He gets um, owned again. Well here's By the a thing. Very high caliber weapon. Oh yeah. truly. Well like now now that Fujiko has sort of escalated things, the the tone sort of goes a bit wonky, right? Because Lupin gets shot. Uh, Clarice tries to cover him with her body, and she's like, "If you spare his life, I will like I'll marry you. I'll give you the ring." And we see Count Cagliostro like lie to her face, and he's, he's like, "Yeah, okay, kill her." And fucking Joto, the butler, is pointing a fucking MG forty two at them like it's the Battle of the Ardennes. It's because uh, like fucking Galliostro is just like yeah yeah of course I guarantee your safety if you just come over here and get me in the ring and Jota goes shall I kill him boss and it's just like in a minute in a minute just calm down calm yeah down. just hold on a second also why is that gun mounted on the side of Clarissa's tower like what also like if all he wants is the ring and he's willing to kill her then why why do any of this never mind we also we also get a gross line. Because, uh, you know, we got to remember that Fujiko is here, so the Count just goes, Fujiko, I think I'll have to interrogate you later in my chambers. Gross. Do you know- I mean, at least she's old enough. <laughs> at least she's a grown-up. Yeah. yeah. Like- at least she can speak and not just say, <laughs> So, with, with Lupin incapacitated, the Count gets the ring from Clarice. She, like- goes willingly, but in the course of doing that, allows the others to escape on the autogyro. Yes. Um, Which is on fire at this point, right? Oh, yes. He does not know how to fly it. He's just screaming. <laughs> it, 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 it. it lands in the backyard, I guess, of uh, like beard guy from earlier, Exposition <laughs> Man. Yes. It crashed in a tree. Lu- Lupon is flying through the air completely unconscious, and for on fire. conceivably no reason... <laughs> Goemon uses his sword to cut all of his clothes off midair, yes. and then just sort of goes, "Well, that was a waste of my time, wasn't it?" Like he's like <laughs> fucking Zorro. Yeah, he is. It's sick. Zanagasa goes back to the UN to like plead his case for this being an international counterfeiting ring. That's right. Um, There's a series yeah. of fantastic uh, background Guys. noises. Yeah. Oh, you mean you mean like when the guy with the British flag lapel pin goes? We have a sticky wicket here. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It cuts across to like a guy with a French flag lapel pin. He goes, Sacre bleu. This is a conspiracy. You can only work at the UN if you're a stereotype. That's, That's how it works. <laughs> the Soviet Union guy is like, 
Like he's so huge, he's bold. And Zenigata, <laughs> he's like, "Mamma mia!" <laughs> Zenigata, of course, pleased to them. He says, "Let me bust this guy." Uh, <laughs> so of course I've got. Let me bust. <laughs> hey, you hog! <laughs> a woman? Let me bust. Um, so a lot happens really in this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but they they won't let him do it because it's politically they compromised. They, they won't, won't let him bust. bust. They won't let him bust because if he busts inside Cagliostro, then every country in the world will be implicated. And so they, they they tell him to go off the case, and what we get next is punished Zenigata, which yeah, I get really plaintive like. Zenigata march, which is my favorite sound on the soundtrack. So good. He goes out past his like detachment of dudes, and the big dude is like, "Yeah, when are we going, boss?" And he's like, "No, nah, it's off. It's over. Don't even talk. To me. I can't face it right now. It's perfect." We s- I was saying he just develops instant alcoholism when he yeah, can't he starts- sleep on. That happens a lot in the series. He'll just get drunk. Mm. He starts smoking on the job too. Yeah, he like sadly walks into his office, and then like after a three day time skip, we cut back to him, and he's just still there. <laughs> <laughs> so we see we see that Lupin is convalescing. Jigen helpfully uh, offers him some food. Want some mush? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been out for three days. The wedding is now very close. An archbishop from the Vatican is coming to officiate, and he has to like get back up to strength, which he tries to do by eating a lot of food. We also see that uh, mm-hmm. for some mysterious reason, the old dude's dog recognizes him and likes him, and the dog doesn't like anyone, and he knows the dog's name. And so what we finally get out of him is the truth of how he was Jason Bond, which is he was sent... <laughs> To assassinate a Central African leader called Nkwana Wambosi, who was no. about to write a book. No. About- <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay. He was he was a young thief. He uh, tried to rob Castle Cagliostro. He got Jason Bond, washed up on the shore, and uh, ten years ago. So I guess four, four. year old. Yeah, like toddler. <laughs> Which is why I thought she was twenty, because there's no way this fucking kid is. She may be yeah, like ten, six or right? something. Yeah. yeah, she 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 sees him wounded, best. and she, and she goes, <laughs> <laughs> and, and this forges like a bond for life, um, where Lupin is like, okay, I will, I, I must protect this this girl as my own child. Shit is capital P platonic. Please, God, mm. stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So at this yeah. point, we need we need Fujiko to go and sort out some of the plot. So she just does that, just off her own. It's back. nice she, of her to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She tips off Zenigata. She's like, oh, well, uh, it's going to be in the final. Come be in the finale. No, she no hacks criminal. a telephone line. Yeah, so yeah. just using a phone like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> this is big from, wire. from the back of a motorcycle too. But she she she. Calls Zenigata. She spends ninety percent of her time on that motorcycle. There's there is a point where like some she she throws something through the window while Lupin is recovering, and Jigen finds it necessary to say out loud, "That's Fujiko's motorbike." As the sound of a motorbike <laughs> fades away, like really. <laughs> The lads misdirect this archbishop, and obviously uh, we've seen a film before, so we know that, that somebody's going to pose as an archbishop. Yes. Um, Fujiko gets into the castle wedding by posing as a TV journalist, not wearing any kind of mask. 
You'd think they'd be like, I've seen your face, and also you're one of two women who exist, but She's whatever. She's dressed as, like, girl reporter. She's dressed as, like, April O'Neil. Um, yeah. But also, I should point out, the vibe of the wedding here is RSVP for my spooky wedding, dress code spooky. <laughs> Um, it's, it's I so want dramatic. my wedding to feel like this is so good. I also wrote that down. <laughs> my wedding's gonna be about this dramatic. Yeah, the helmet that he's wearing, the cape that he is wearing. He's doing so like Templar good. Dracula shit. It's so good. Yeah. He's got like fifty dudes in black KKK robes with swords, like being an honor guard. <laughs> it's fucking sick. Yeah, they're like penitenti. He's got like um, he's dressed in the fucking uh, like. Household cavalry dress uniform Dracula would wear. <laughs> he looks um, like he's going to to be in an opera. It's very cool. Yeah. It's, yeah it's like- and, and there's a whole vibe here because the thing is that his incest plan is to unite. They're both Cagliostros. And he's going to unite the dark and the light side of House Cagliostro in order yeah. to unveil this great treasure. Because right? he's got a ring as well. And apparently, when you put them together, question mark treasure? Yep. That's right. Why he didn't do this at any point previous? Don't worry about it. It's fine. Why he has to marry her first? No, no idea. The expedient through which they uh, kidnap this priest, by the way, is that one of them approaches him dressed as elderly. In, uh, oh God, what's the name? Might of even it? be the old guy. <laughs> Help me. Shepherd. He dresses as a shepherd, and he's like, "Will you bless exposition- this lamb?" Yeah, no, he <laughs> he dresses <laughs> exposition guy. Walks out of the car. Is like, "Yo, is that the archbishop? Can you bless my lamb?" And he goes, "Yeah, all right." No! <laughs> he goes, I have a flock of sheep. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, <laughs> flock of sheep. So anyway, the wedding, so as I do, do you speak now for the hold your peace, and then Lupin, Goemon, and uh, Jigen jump out dressed as ghouls? That's They're right. Yeah. He's got fangs, and he's a mummy. <laughs> he's got fangs. What the nominal archbishop says at this point, is Mamma Mia Ghost! I, I also have Mamma Mia Ghost! <laughs> I also have Mamma Mia a Ghost! <laughs> <laughs> I should point out, he's he's dressed in red, he's not a cardinal, he's an archbishop, he looks a lot like Santa, and he goes Mamma Mia Ghost! All of the, everyone is immediately fooled by um, the fucking obviously fake ghost Lupin. And it, it it gets stabbed several dozen times, which of course yes. does nothing because Lupin is in disguise as the Archbishop, where he he like reveals himself with the truly baffling line I opened the episode with. Goat boy, chill out before you burn yourself. Hey, goat boy, why not? What's up? He steals the rings, and and we get the, the loop on the third theme, and he's like grapples out. And uh, Got fireworks. Jigen yeah. has a giant gun again, just firing into the wedding. Yeah, he does. Jigen <laughs> <laughs> opens fire on the wedding party. He's got fangs. And he's firing into the wedding. Right before this happens, where where Lupin goes, oh wait a second, they they drugged Clarice so that she couldn't speak, so she couldn't object. She doesn't fucking speak anyway. Why did you need to? Yeah, they they drugged her so she couldn't go. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speak now for a hold your peace. Fujiko shoots a ninja. She does, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She's got like a wrench, right? She's she, like yeah, people. She has she has two great things in this. She's scene. reporting. She, she immediately starts starts fighting, right? She she's got a tear away. She's got the camouflage outfit underneath her reporter outfit. And it's like one zip and pull, and that shit is just 
off, which I appreciate. And she's the wearing that under all of her clothes at all times. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the second thing I appreciate is that when it's time to like go mobile, she just grabs the microphone right down the cleavage, and it just like just holds it there while she's running. <laughs> Fantastic. Absolutely. Goals. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Lupin gets discovered. Whips open his his um cape and he's got a shitload of fireworks and I wrote look to be fair every mission starts off with good intentions and then eventually you panic and just do an act of uh, international terrorism <laughs> <laughs> it's really right. easy to just accidentally fall into these kind of things yeah. uh, so it's, during this time Zenigata <laughs> Zenigata that's one of the reasons I love this dub is this scene it's really good <laughs> so funny you want to take Zenigata it? like purely colluding with with Fujiko, like goes into the the crypt with the fucking um, the counterfeit money presses and goes, "Oh my god, I have stumbled upon an unrelated criminal enterprise." It's so good. <laughs> what we, should I do? Oh my god! And then it live on TV. We see Cuts back at the you. UN. Okay. One of them just goes, "Lord, he's a bad actor." It cuts to the UN, who are all crowded around like a fucking tiny TV CRT. Yeah, they wheeled like, that in. Fuck's sake. Alright. <laughs> He's, like, He's like mugging at the camera like, oh my god. That's crazy. I came down here because I thought Lupin was in it. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I just love that guy, man. They go back to the fucking big clock tower room. Clock tower, baby. We've seen it in every single shot of the castle, like every wide shot. That's right. So One it's of, time. Like Lupin, Lupin carries Clarice up there because she's un she has the anime girl power, which allows her to be unconscious at will and just has to be carried. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Need to learn it, how to do that. Yeah, it, it's it's fully Metal Gear Solid two at this point. Just to fucking carry her around. All right. Maybe it's three. Whatever. Anyway, point is. Um, the guys, like, the goons chase after the... One of them gets crushed in between two cogs. Ears. He, the guy after him comes back down and he's like, yeah, that's not working. <laughs> he's like, no, that's a bust, man. We're not going out that way. Yeah. And Kato Witcher goes, take the stairs! <laughs> my man sees Lupin go up there and is like, I'm following him, instantly gets aced, and Cagliostro's like, there's a staircase, man, like, what are you this doing? You know this a lift, actually. <laughs> you yeah. work here, like, what are you... This set piece is unbelievable for, like, something that is pulled off entirely in, like, hand-drawn animation yeah, it's styles. so well animated. Yeah. It's unbelievable. A great mouse detective ripped it off and used CGI, I think, like very early CGI. Cowardly. Mm. It's so good. But they it's, they, it's they fight with a wrench and a sword on top of the sort of the cogs in motion. Mm. Um, and in the background, all of the cogs are in motion. Like it, it's it's incredible, unbelievable. Uh, but eventually, they they manage to fight their way onto the hands of the clock on the massive clock tower, which is a classic place for a final confrontation to occur. Sure. Um, 39 of, steps, you name it. Um, yeah, one, one of the old times. It happens in the end of Cast 2. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it yes, does. Yes, it does. They're in a clock tower in Cast 2 also. Um, unfortunately. Oh, real fast, John Lasseter is like a Cagliostro obsessy. He's like, the first date I took my wife to was Cagliostro, and it's like one of my favorite movies. Huh. So, huh. Yeah, well, I mean, he's like a reprehensible pervert, but... Um, <laughs> it's it's like, a perfect it's match, a, then. No yeah. wonder he likes it so much. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah. Kalias is mm. like, give me the rings. That is, that's all I care about now. In, in he's this given scene. up. He's like, all right, for fuck's sake, I'll just take the rings. I'm done with I, this. I, I, I don't even want to do incest anymore. It's too much <laughs> trouble. Uh, <laughs> Vladimir Nabokov has left the chat. It's a high bar to get me a European man to not want to do incest, but you've successfully achieved it. I, I, I'm only animated by greed now. Give me the rings. He takes the rings. Uh, fucking uh, Clarice and Lupin end up diving into the lake. Yes. He's got finger rockets. He's got yeah, finger because rockets. Of his, because of his one ace up his sleeve, rocket fingers. He just shoots, fingers. He shoots his fingers at, at Lupin. <laughs> and he's got them on both hands, too, because he threatens him with the second hand. Yeah. This, this movie is really threatening around like fingers and gauntlets, right? Because all of, all of the ninjas are like holding their hands completely flat with these pointy ass gauntlets on and just going, yeah. yeah. Everyone's got like amazing nails. They're on like mantis mode martial arts. It's phenomenal. Yeah. So, so, so Caliostro, he climbs up to the, the thing that's going to unveil the treasure. He, he puts the rings in. He activates the clock tower, which goes very, very fast. And <laughs> in what is, frankly, an insanely gothic novel ass demise for an otherwise weirdly like PG movie, he is crushed bodily like an insect in between the two hands of the clock at an midnight. Audible squish. Audible squish. Basically, it cuts to a wide shot, thankfully, but like you see him, he's like, oh shit, oh, oh fuck. And it cuts to a wide shot, and then like just a single like pixel of red just goes, and you're like, oh. Edgar Allan Poe. And then watching this, we see Joso the butler be like, well, guess I'm out of a job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because like, he's just says to go and he's like, alright, kill me then. And Goyman's like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Why would I do that? Because of because of, of the code of the samurai. No, I'm not. The code of the samurai. Yeah, it's uh, important. But we 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 <laughs> unveil the treasure, which is of course a metaphorical fucking treasure. This is a treasure, all right. It's one to be shared with mankind. It's too big for my pocket, anyway. It's a fucking sunken Roman city. Yeah, because the clock tower. When this happens, the clock tower falls down. Reveals a, and unblocks a hidden floodgate, which causes the lake behind the floodgate to lower, revealing a Roman city, which was there uh, all along. It's a kind of ruin. It's very beautiful, all the water and sunlight. No, it's really uh, good. Sure. Like, I mean, Ghibli has always been phenomenal not in, in water. Not entirely clear what Cagliostro would have done with that. Well, he didn't know he what the treasure mad. was. Yeah. He would have been pissed off. He'd been like, what, what is this? Yeah. I can't use this. You know that, that was there. Because you know you could have scuba dived yeah. over the lake. The or thing about water is that it's artifacts, whatever, see through. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, that, see yeah. That, the, the, that it's there. But it's still, no divers ever. Uh, anyway, yeah. so it's fine. Don't worry. No one said I got like a coin washed up on the shore. Oh, it's Roman coin. I wonder if it's in the middle of the lake. Yeah, apparently not. It's metaphorical. Don't mm. worry. So Clarice is like, okay, take me with you. I, I will learn to become a master thief. Unfortunately, that would be too interesting and not misogynistic enough. So Lupin's like, ah, no, you're, you're just, uh, just a woman. No, absolutely not. Well, she's also, she's like an underage girl who's traumatized. I'll true. give the movie yeah, that way. No, that she, and she clearly has feelings for him, and he's like 30 or 40, mm. and he's like, Ugh. the scene where he almost embraces her, but then Miyazaki's like, don't do it, and he like pulls his hands back. <laughs> Miyazaki like trying to kiss like, him. Don't. It's slightly <laughs> weird that this keeps happening to Lupin, the underage girls keep yeah. throwing themselves at Lupin and he says no, this is the second time he's ended a movie this way and I'm like, dude 
He's like every time, every time he does a bonus episode, he does some accidental. <laughs> I think in the first, hopefully, she's like eighteen, nineteen. I don't know. It's still weird. Yeah, Leticia, yeah. right? Because she wants to go to Boston University. Yeah, she does. Want to- <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she wants to go to Boston. Boston. She's to study archaeology at Boston University. But of course, he has he has to go back to his his true love, which is his twenty four his twenty four seven brat relationship with Zenigasa, where. Right. He's just like, oh no, I hope no one chases me. <laughs> like, there is oh, fully no. a bit where, where Zenigasa, like, leans out the window of his car and he's like, ah, I'm back, doing the, doing the shit again. This is fantastic. So, and that's that's the movie, but... Yeah, she goes in for a kiss, he goes for the forehead, uh, and it's just like, mm-hmm. right, time for me to go, and then gets in the car while she's distracted. Um, is like, <laughs> what's over there? I gotta chase this guy because he's stolen something very precious. He's stolen uh, your heart, and I guess in his car and leaves as well. Bullshit. Uh, it's, it's, the was like, I'm here too. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Carl. <laughs> he's not even called Carl. That's the dog. <laughs> we don't know what this guy's name is. is the, I don't know what his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Groundskeeper Willie, like knows? thirty times. I don't know. That man doesn't have a name. I'll, I'll let you guys have have like the last word here. But one thing I will say is that I've enjoyed recording this and talking about it with you guys much more than I enjoyed the movie. I did not care for this as I was watching it. Genuinely, and I like I I just felt like you know it's very influential. Sure, lots of people feel a great deal of affection for it. I did not. Um, I I watched this and I was like. No, I'm not sure what's wrong with me that I'm I'm not getting it. But I, I I think it's you know a facile childish fairy tale with stilted writing, worse VA, problem with women and tone and pacing, and like fifty percent of it by volume is just kind of <laughs> which I really 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 hate. Mm. I can I can like see all of the fucking lineage there, but I didn't like it. And that's that's you know I I feel bad because I I like I want to say oh you know I, I, I had a great time watching it but I didn't I I didn't I didn't care for it. That's completely reasonable. I mean, like it is it was his first directorial pursuit, and that's never typically your best shot at something is doing Only it. Only Miyazaki time. movie I've not liked, which is saying something. I think I'd have enjoyed it more if I didn't have to take notes. Mm. If I'd just been able to like. Take some legal substances and then sit down and watch this beautiful-looking film. Oh, it's just gorgeous! It over me. Yeah, it's great. gorgeous. The soundtrack's phenomenal. Like, I just enjoyed the boys sure. hanging out, which doesn't really happen for most of it. Which is, Not really. That's uh, kind of the, the shame. And those are the only bits where it shows rather than tells, too. It doesn't really come anywhere near passing the Bechdel test because there are two women in it. Uh, and one of them isn't a character. And the other is Fujiko, which you sort of legally have to include if you're doing a Lupin thing. Um, yeah. And she does most of her like cool things impliedly off-screen. But I, I th- ultimately, I think it's it's a good movie, and I enjoyed it a great deal because I could see the DNA of Ghibli. Like I could see that that start out, and I did have a phenomenal time. And the first time I watched it, I was also on some some legal substances, having a lovely mm. time. Um, and I don't know, it's it's. I'm not doing I'm not doing film analysis. I'm talking about my vibes. My apologies. <laughs> I should maybe do some analysis. But yeah, no, it's it's I think it is what you make of it really. Like mm. I had a good time watching it. If you didn't should have I should have done valid. some drugs, you know? Mm. Shannon, how does this film fit into the kind of wider Lupin and wider Ghibli sphere? 
Yes. It's, um, it depends on if you're talking about, like, if you're talking to, like, a Lupin weirdo, obsessive person, <laughs> or, like, a normal person. Because a lot of people, especially, like, more, like, anime du- dude bro people really don't like it. And I understand it, too, because a lot of, like, the first is just trying to do Cagliostro again. Mm. Like, you have this, like, really interesting sort of James Bond pastiche character who's very dark and very anarchic, and Miyazaki makes him a hero, and then later on everyone wants to make him a hero, but without the sort of subtext of, like, he's trying to be a better person. Cagliostro is kind of, like, his last heist, uh, chronologically. Um, And, like, a lot of modern Lupin is trying to chase that, and it's just terrible. Because it Mm. doesn't have... It's nothing interesting. It just makes him, like, a boring hero. Whereas in uh, other stuff, he's much more, like, spy versus spy, violent. Um, I mean, it's, like, a universally beloved movie. Hmm. For, for, for like, a lot of animation people, a lot of people that like Pixar, a lot of anime references it. Um, It's, like, a, like... It inspired a whole lot of people in their careers. I understand. I understand the criticisms, especially about Clarice, and I think it's one of those movies that I wouldn't show people who don't like movies that are slower or longer. Mm. But I mean, it's one of my. It, for me, it's one of my favorite films, and uh, I, I, li- I like the thematically. It's sort of about doing right by other people, or not. He's not like trying to atone for being a thief, but he's maturing, and I like that. But it, yeah, it, it kind of sucks because it did. It's a really good movie. But other Lupin stuff can be so much more interesting. Like, I like Mamo more, which is just an insane, like, anarchic, violent movie that ha- has Hitler in it. And Lupin, like, knee-jerk <laughs> salutes Hitler because he's scared of him. Like, that's the kind of movie that is, <laughs> instead of trying to make him hero. Hmm. And uh, was the, were there other Lupin series or films made before this? Or was this, like, his first adaptation to screen? Or no? Um, there was a live-action movie, for some reason. Hmm. And then Mamo, and then this. It's like a sex comedy that I saw as a teenager. I didn't like it. I would probably like it a lot more now. There's a live action Japanese movie. And then, then there was like part one and part two were also before this. That was like early 70s. They're still making adaptations, right? Oh, the newest one was trash. It was actually set in uh, Great Britain and he fought Sherlock Holmes and it was like the worst thing I've ever seen. I really hate it. It was very poorly received. Never set uh, anything in Great Britain. I've been saying this. <laughs> it was yeah. it was uh, awful. But uh, Ko- uh, Takeshi Koike is also making a series of movies that are like Grindhouse movies that are like really sexual and violent. And those are... Some of the, the Goemon's movie is really good and the other ones are like way too rapey, but those are interesting. That's the only interesting thing that's happening right now because the mainline stuff is, it's again, the, the Cagliostro influence. Like he's like heroic and nice and it's like, why? Because like, Abby, you watched a lot of part two, which is a lot more, he's like an It's Always Sunny character. Uh, he's yeah, like petty yeah. and it, shitty and he's a lot more interesting mm. in that. But he always I, has I a Cagliostro heart adult, though, which I kind of liked. <laughs> I mean, I've, oh, I've I observed mean. exactly two, like, East of Loop on two and a half. If you include the bit of Mama I watched before I was decided that I was on too many legal substances to understand what's happening. <laughs> um, like I've just seen this one and I've seen the first, uh, both of which I watched for a podcast, so I was taking extensive notes. So I feel like I have more knowledge of it than I really deserve to have because I've got like such in-depth. But comparing the two, I do massively prefer um, Cagliostro over... Really? Yeah, over the first, I think the first the side characters are terrible. Like they, like in Cagliostro, they're How very one dimensional. Say that about Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to play? When I saw Hitler, I stood up and clapped. I got it right. I think I think you have to. Oh. When Hitler appeared on the screen, I stood up and clapped. <laughs> I cheered when I saw Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> But the first does have that DNA, the more anarchic DNA, yeah. when oh. Lupin dresses as Hitler in a rubber mask, and that he's, you know, that's uh, what makes the franchise more interesting, which sucks, because Cagliostro is such a beloved and well-made movie. I love Cagliostro, too, 
But I also prefer the darker, weirder, uh, mm. like saluting Hitler are just like blowing people up and like sort of evil uh, gremlin Lupin instead of like, oh, he's a hero now because Miyazaki doesn't want him to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Well, I, I, I think you, you're right, Alison, that there is somewhat of a tonal shift. Uh, yeah, about, about the, the point that the first gunshot wound is sustained <laughs> point, on screen. The point at which ev- it's been like a lovely romp thus far, and then Fujiko mm-hmm. like aces 20 dudes on screen, and you <laughs> yeah. go, holy shit. Yeah. So yeah, no, fair enough. Well, I mean, that's that's the castle of Cagliostro. Shannon, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Plenty of Alcoves. Um, I'm a player on the Teenage Superhero Body Horror Podcast, Critical Bits, at Critical Bitcast. Um, I'm on the Fight Together miniseries on the One Piece Podcast. And if you look up Fake Friends Parasocial on YouTube, you will find me, my oh, video essays. Fantastic. All right, everyone do that. And we will return I, for. I body Horror wasn't included last time you plugged yourself. Mm. Oh, I should have. It is a Body Horror Podcast. <laughs> Actual play. <laughs> I play a, a teenage lesbian ex-villain, and people's heads explode and stuff on the show. It's I good. I like doing critical oh. bits. It is good. And we will return with. I'm not sure what we will return with. Actually, uh, fucking is it breach? It's I think breach. breach is the next one. Breach. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Breach. We're gonna, see some, we're gonna see some more Chris Cooper. We're gonna hack, tap, bypass all of these things. In the meantime, uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you again soon. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. And thank you, of course, to Shannon. If you would like more of them, please head on down to the description of this episode where there will be links to all of their various ventures, and I cannot, truly cannot recommend them enough. This is where I would typically say thank you for being a patron, but the possibility exists that you may well be hearing this on the free feed. So, fucking freeloader, how about you head on down to the Patreon and subscribe for £5 a month like all of these stand-up citizens have done. Christine Fox, Forks Winchester, Paint McCalla, Jack Holmes, George Rohak, Thomas Oberhart, Yarrick, Carolyn Tankersley, Benno Rice, Max Kapinski, Library Hitman, Kit Devine, Amanda Rogda, Max Gaimanhart, Dread Pirate Robin, Jonathan Gurday, Kentucky Fried Commie, Hell Bloodhands, Jay Martindale, Big Titty Goth Girl, Fremen Commissar, Jen Jen, Sydney Steckle, Top O, Trip, Ellie Without the E, Mothman, Timothy Pajorni, Sephira Luciferax, Charlie Out of the Closet, Jenna and Poor, Zoe Shepard, Elizabeth Cox, Finn Ross, Turfs Eat Shit and Die Alone, Alfredo, I make Devon say this out loud, Philippa Smith, Rail Leal, Wolfie, Raised on a Diet, Al Irwing, Millie, JM111519, Josh Simmons, Bon LeBon, Lauren Bastin, and Tristram Wolf. Kill James Bond is, of course, Alice, Abigail, and Devon. Our producer is the wonderful Nate Bethay. Our podcast art is by Maddie Lubchansky, and our website is by Tom Allen. See ya. <laughs>